Today's episode is sponsored by Hits Different Coffee. A new coffee brand drop shipped on demand and sustainably sourced from around the world to the UK. Check it out at hitsdifferentlondon.com. On Instagram, Hits Different London. Every Friday, you have a chance to win coffee samples from us. So just drop an email at hitsdifferentlondon at gmail.com. I repeat, hitsdifferentlondon at gmail.com to get an opportunity to have some coffee samples sent through your home. Hi there, friends, and welcome to another episode. This one is a very cool guest I managed to have on board. His name is Nathaniel Cross. Uh, Nathaniel is a jazz South London composer, arranger, trombonist. Uh, he was once described as the Quincy Jones of Catfoot. Catfoot, for people that don't know, it's a zone in an area in South London. He was described by the Rolling Stone magazine. And uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's one of the UK's prominent musicians. Uh, an UK jazz scene so he performed and recorded with artists like Moses Boyd Solange Zara McFarlane Kano David Murray Macy Gray and so on and so forth and many others it's like this guy is young but he's got a lot of um, good uh, collaborations on his on his belt already so yeah it was a cool conversation we talked about his new album as well uh, entitled the description is not the describe, which is very interesting the title for the explanation that he gave me. So if you guys want to listen to that, uh, you have to obviously listen to the interview. But uh, it's very down to earth, very focused. That's what we talked about. We talked about focusing, uh, hard work, obviously talent, but he's, um, I could tell that he's a very uh, hardworking person. And, and obviously the key, one of the key things is like, you get get to network, and you got to put yourself out there. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it was very interesting and very encouraging for young musicians or not so young musicians. Uh, by all means, I mean for someone that is obviously uh, is trying to to get out there and and be and be and be in the in the scene, regardless of genre. Uh, this is a really cool interview for you to listen and to take some very good tips so i will let you into it and yeah let's just enjoy thank you cool man so hello nathaniel nat nathan i don't know how can i call you man uh, yeah nathaniel nat yeah <laughs> <laughs> thanks for being here man uh thanks for being in the show and uh yeah i mean beautiful work beautiful work you do beautiful sound um i like Personally, what attracted me was, uh, you know, I like different genres of music, but jazz and instrumental jazz has always been something in particular uh, that marked me because I, uh, well, this is like a personal, a little bit of personal detail is because I met my wife now. We, we met at Ronnie Scott's when we All did right. this jazz <laughs> performance. So it's like beautiful. Uh, thing and you know it's like it always kept me and always opened up another door to especially watching 
in-person performance, uh, which is I mean, obviously you can hear it and stuff, but in-person performance is, is, is great always to, to listen to, to music and to watch music. So yeah, man, um, obviously tell us a little bit about, about you, just obviously you're from South London and you, how do you studied, just a little bit of a bio. And then, because obviously you have lots of collaborations as well and, and appearances. Mm. And then we go a bit back, the young Nathaniel <laughs> thing, story. Yeah, so, yeah, Nathaniel Cross, that's me. Yeah, and I've been, um, yeah, I played the trombone, so I've been playing since the age of 10. Mm. So yeah, started in, in primary school and just kept it up, kept going, you know, till know now and beyond mm -hmm. yeah and, um yeah so studied through primary school secondary school sixth form through to conservatoire so studied out there at guild hall school of music and drama and um he did the jazz course there and yeah so it's um you gone through you know what, what sorry sorry to interrupt what 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 inspired you before you doing all that when you were small did you have did you did you hear music at home and inspired you, or what's going on? What was the trigger to for you to follow that path? Um, first the trombone. It was actually given to me the trombone. Okay. Um, because in my primary school, um, they just had a cupboard full of old brass instruments. But instead of throwing them away, the head teacher she decided to hire a teacher. Mm. So um. You know, they just handed out slips to all, all the kids. If you want to tell an instrument, get your parents to sign it. So me and my brother, we got you know, our parents to sign it. And then the brass teacher, like, he took all the kids whose parents signed slips and he just had a table full of random mouthpieces. So trombones, euphoniums, trumpet, cornet, yeah, different size mouthpieces. So he kind of just, you know, showed everyone how to blow through the mouthpiece, you know, just yeah. give you the, just, you know, the <laughs> the basics the basics of what, what to do to get a sound out of it. And then whichever yeah. one, you know, you could get a sound out of or get the best sound out of. He just assigned you to that instrument. So mm. I guess I must have got the best sound out of a trombone mouthpiece. So then he was like, you play trombone. So I just kept up ever since then. Nice. Yeah, but before that, I didn't really um, hear much trombone in the house or, you know, much jazz as well. Because I grew up in a, in a more of a Caribbean house or so. I had a lot of, you know, Calypso really? growing up, soca, reggae, you know, ska. I had a lot of, you know, that kind of music growing up. Yeah. And like, you know, R&B, you know, as what was on the TV a lot as well. So I had more of, more of those sounds growing up. Yeah. Then jazz, found jazz um, in, my, in my early teens. Hmm. And how was that? How was that? How was through, through, through friends, family, or? Because um, I used to go to a thing called Tenetica Blocco. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't know if you know Ruben Fox. He's a saxophone player from, from the UK, but his dad used to run it. Okay. Yeah, Ruben is a friend of mine. Play, you know, plays a lot of, I don't know if you know, Mark Kavuma, another great trumpet yeah. player. But yeah, I've known those guys for a long time, but Ruben's dad used to, you know, he used to run Kenneth because it was like a, kind of like a carnival band. So every summer, you know, um, Ruben's dad, Matt Fox, yeah, the late Matt Fox, yeah, rest in peace. He would, you know, just choose like these great songs. Um, so it's like, you know, samba tunes, you know, Falakuti tunes, Sunra tunes, just tunes from all over the world because he just, yeah. 
we just knew so much so range of music. Yeah. yeah, so we used to do that. So you'd have like brass and woodwind coming together. Then on another side, you have um, a lot of like samba drums. So there was like, you know, the drumming section. Yeah. And it also had like a dance section. So we'd all rehearse, you know, for two weeks. Then on the last week, just come together and then, you know, just put on a whole procession, you know, you have face paint, costumes and all of that. And so... Um, you do the Notting Hill Carnival. So- yeah, we yeah, used to do Notting Hill Carnival all the time. Did the Thames Hall Festival when that was running back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did yeah. a lot. So it was through that um, I met some of my early mentors. So yeah, Matt Fox, um, Claude Depper, Andy Grappy. So Andy Grappy's um, tuba player. So, so you know, my brother's, I think my brother's first teacher. Or one of his early teachers, like tuba. But he saw there were a few of us in Connecticut, you know, um, saw a few of us had promised them, you know, we're trying to be serious about music. Mm. So, um, you know, he would let us know when he was doing gigs or when there were like gigs happening. And then, you know, he told me and my brother about, you know, Tomorrow's Warriors and these kind of things. So that's how we got into that. And then, um, yeah, what got me into jazz and jazz trombone in particular was um, Andy said to me, you know, check out J.J. Johnson. So, you know, it's one of the, you know, the legendary you know, trombone players. Yeah. Yeah, very one of the innovative, you know, trombone players when it comes to, you know, bebop. Mm-hmm. Because before that, you know, I had no reference as to how the trombone was meant to sound outside of, you know, classical. Of course. So yeah, I wasn't really like into the sound of trombone because I didn't really know how like good trombone was meant to sound. Mm-hmm. It's had like excerpts and those kinds of, but when I listened to JJ Johnson, I was just like, whoa, this. This is a different level. <laughs> yeah, it's like, this is, this, is, this, is, this is how the trombone is meant to sound. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, after hearing JJ, I was like, wow, like, yeah, trombone is amazing. <laughs> and just, just things he was doing, I was like, wow, you can actually do these things on this instrument. And then, you know, spent time just, you know, just, you know, trying to emulate what he does and just you know, learning, you know, just exploring the sounds and techniques and those kind of things. So yeah, so it was about, yeah, 13, 14. Um, I was, yes, yeah, so I started Connecticut at 13. So yeah, that was on the time Andy, when I'm a first man, Andy, and he, you know, told, he told me about J.D. Johnson. So that was, he managed to listen to jazz and jazz trombone. Yeah. Okay. So from then on, and then what, 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 what age did you start your, at the uni then? School? Uni started at 19. Okay. So, and in the, uh, obviously yeah. you met, how, how long were you there then? How long was that? It was four years. Okay. That's where you started to basically sprout out. Your roots is like deepening in, in networking and all that stuff, no? Um, kind of, but I, I was networking before then as well. Yeah. Because um, because the Street Tomorrow's Warriors, um, you know, met, you know, a lot of the jazz musicians there because they just had, you know, a lot of young people coming. So started going there when I was 14. Then um, uh, I got my first uh, professional gig when I was 16. So um, there was a trumpet player called Abraham Wilson. Mm-hmm. He was um, an American trumpet player from New Orleans. Uh, so mm-hmm. he um, used to work with Tomorrow's Warriors. But um, when I used to go back in the day, um, they'd have workshops, Tomorrow's Warriors workshops at Premises Studios every like fortnight. Abraham used to run a lot of them. And then, you know, he used to, you know, you know, try and, you know, just look after me and you know, mentor me. But he was the first one who gave me my professional, first professional gigs. Those are the best ones. 
Yeah, so he was like, you know, saw, you know, I was trying to be serious, you know, I was trying to, you know, just, you know, do well. So he was the first one who gave me my first professional and abroad gig. So, yeah. Um, how did you feel, you know, at that, at that age? How did you feel about that? I was, I felt, I felt amazing because you know, I was just like, you know, just keen, just wanted to just, you know, be, be a musician, be a jazz musician. And, you know, yeah, it was just great you know, have someone there who just, you know, wanted to help me and you know, just give me those opportunities, you know. Yeah. Even though, you know, I wasn't like fully, fully developed, but he saw, you know, just the potential. That's the potential. So just actually give me those first opportunities to just, be out there in the real world and just, you know, experience, you know, that kind of thing. So, mm. so yeah, through that, it was, um, yeah, I had networks who had Abram and, and Tomorrow's Warriors. And then, and just we going to the jams as well, because I used to go to the jams a lot. I used to be jams around London. Yeah. So doing that, um, and obviously Ronnie Scott, so when I was 18, so before I started conservatoire, going to like these jams, like Ronnie Scott's, you know, Troy Bar, you know, uh, you see, like a, a jazz workshop around house had a mentor called Leon Michener, like just a mm. ridiculous piano player. Like, he used to just introduce us to so much jazz, like different music. So, there was, it was obviously already a lot of networking happening before I already started. So, I already knew yeah. musicians from London and just, you know, the scene. Yeah. But then, obviously, Conservatoire just kind of just, it gave me like another, another branch of musicians. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then when you merge those two together, you got Nathaniel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. so. <laughs> yeah, man. No, that's very cool. I mean, obviously, because London is is a very musical city and with a lot of amazing artists. Uh, and again, when you have the opportunity to melt, to like to blend those two together, you know, like streets mm. and street, quote unquote, street and. Uh, and uh, and then like formal education in music, mm. you know. <clears throat> sorry, we ha you have um, yeah, have have a good a good a good. You have two things because I suppose one gives you the uh, the true know how and well in this case uh, jazz is improvisation either you study or not but you know it gives you the other the other side of things I suppose no well what, what what did you what did you notice any difference in these two like approaches. No, not really. Uh, between between each other. Like, uh, between yeah, like in, in uni, you're learning in uni, like teaching you in that, like the structure, mm -hmm. and then all learning like those people, uh, like uh, giving you already mentorship and everything. Um, it's good to have both because um, whilst I was studying, I was going out to uh, Ronnie's like a lot. So I was at Ronnie's pretty much every week because they used to have the jam session, uh, like, was it, yeah, four or five nights a week. So I was there, like, multiple times a week. Yeah, back in the day when it was run by um, a guy called Michael Mwenzo. Mm -hmm. He used to run the jam. And, Did you yeah, pop Mike, into Pizza Express as well? Not really. Yeah, he used to, he used to <laughs> sometimes, yeah. He used to yeah. go there back in the day as well. He used to go yeah. to Peace on a Friday. He used to check out that jam as well. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, um, so what was great was that... Um, because Mike, he just, you know, he has a lot of knowledge about jazz music. And like when he was curating the jam sessions, what he would try and do is he would try and just merge the scene together because he had, you know, just different people doing different things. So you can add like more of like, um, you know, bebop guys over here, 
you straight head guys here um you know more of like you know like abstract sounds over here you got people doing different things but mike we're just kind of you know you know, I knew a lot of people in the scene who just curating the jam. So you'd see like, you know, how people play and just put obscure lineups together. Then you just get just, you know, so many different people from, you know, all parts of the scene who could play jazz to a high level and you just bring them together. So what really helped being a conservatoire is actually when, when you know, Mike was running the jam, having a place to hear high level jazz being played live. Mm. So to help, because I, you know, it's all good. You know, you can, people can just talk to you about, you know, yeah, you can do this, or you can you know, do this, and this is what's going on harmonically. But then mm-hmm. to actually hear people live just doing it to a high level, yeah, that was like an education in itself. So just going yeah. to the Ronnie's jam when it was, you know, yeah, back then, yeah, just being able to hear such high level musicianship that was that was um, education in itself. So because you know, Mike, you would. You know, talk to a few of us like me, like Moses, like Mark Rubin, my brother, like, you know, just a few of us, you know, we just, you know, hang and because he just has a lot of knowledge about jazz and he's talking about, yeah, this is the bass's role, this is the drums role, yeah, this is how they're hooking up. But then, you know, just going to the jam, being able to hear that, it was just like, yeah, had we have not had that, I don't think just a conservatory would have been enough. But being able yeah. to like go out and then like hear, you know, how, yeah. So learning how to construct a set, you, know, you learn how to dress for your gig. Yeah. Um, you know, you're learning what, you know, what standards are being played at jam. So, you know, you can have stuff to go back home and I like, work on and come and play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's real life experience, you know, getting roasted on stage and then having to like go home and practice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all yeah. these things, it's yeah. the real life education. So just having, you know, you know, the quote unquote formal training, and but then yeah. also just the real life training, just those much together. It's just that definitely gave me a more, you know, just rounded education, as it were. Was, yeah, yeah, I think so, man. Um, because it's like if you compare with food, it's like uh, uni, you have they, they, they give you all the ingredients separate, and you can cook a nice meal, but then if you go to real life, that's where the thing happens but you when you oh no this guy like for that guy in Ronnie Scott he's just, he, he knows how to put all the ingredients together to make a really really good meal <laughs> yeah and that's you the know? thing because like yeah it's how I feel yeah. you know you know you know jazz education anyway because it's like you know like you know music you know you people you know people like to put out all their licks and tricks and like do yeah, sure all this stuff but it's like yeah but you think about like language because you talk about jazz language but you think about language like you don't care if somebody knows every word in the dictionary in the thesaurus. <laughs> True. Uh, you just you know doesn't mean you're going to be interesting to talk to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's that kind of thing. Like if you got all this knowledge, what are you going to do with it? How do you you know put a message across? Like how do you, you know, put a piece of you out there? So mm-hmm. I think that's that's my point. So you know you have the education to learn. You know what to do, but then the real world application is now, you know, how, how you do it. So it's all good. Okay. You've learned this, how to say this. Okay. Now let's, let's, let's go and put that in the real world now and see, see how yeah. that works out. Yeah. Storytelling. It's about storytelling all the time. Yeah, definitely. Talking about, and obviously you know that bit as well, more in a different area, which is acting, which is going to go there soon. But yeah, one, one of the things actually, uh, because back in the day I did, uh, I did one year diploma at vocal tech back in the day, it's we used to be called, I don't know if you heard about in, in East London, vocal tech yeah. and they had drum tech, yeah, yeah. popular musical performance. And 
And one of the things that attracted me the most, the one that least obviously then then I obviously uh, that's why I didn't obviously became like a proper uh, or anything a musician like going off for gigs and stuff because the performance bit then I got a bit shy <laughs> on stage. Mm-hmm. But the, the bit that I liked was this the songwriting bit because if it was this, the the creating the story. You know that was yeah. it, and that is that is it. I mean, in any medium, like you said, you can have, like like you mentioned before, and it's true. You can have all in, in you know you know all the words in the dictionary. You can have all the all the you know if you're paint, you can have all the all the colors in all the in, in everything or anything. But it's how you use them, how you present them. You know, it's yeah. how you present the the thing. It's how you blend that. And jumping a bit to your latest album, the description is not the describe. I hear, I hear. I mean, it's 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 cool title. And we first of all, uh, let, okay, let's let's. How did this name come about? First of all, well, this name came about because it's um, it's a quote from um the Indian philosopher um, G. D. Krishnamurti. Mm-hmm. So, in my later teens, so like eighteen on, was uh, I started reading a lot of Krishnamurti. Like I'm just someone who lived in my area, you know. He just introduced me to like his books, and as um, I just really resonated with what he was saying because it's like just what he talks about, you know. Just like it's not like ah, oh, you, you know, you gotta meditate and you know, reach nirvana and do all these things. Yeah. Just simple things. Just like everyday things just everyday things just being aware of just so many things like the message is so simple but if you can understand that simplicity it just blows your mind yeah. and so it was just yeah it's very influential for me it's for just in life it just helped me you know gain a lot of clarity and balance and just yeah just um just helped me through some tough times in life as well just understanding yeah. just the simple message of life that you know, just focus on the simple things, you know, because, you know, complicated things are just, you know, many simple things. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it's the mind. The mind is always there complicating things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the reason I chose that title, because it just reflected, because when I was just making the record at the time, because, you know, these are compositions I'd written, you know, in previous years. And, you know, just after finishing Conservatoire, I was just thinking, you know, you know, how do I want it to sound, you know, so I was just... Mm. You know, I think how do I want to put these compositions together? You know, what kind of sound do I want to put out there for myself? Yeah. And then, you know, like you get the usual questions, you know, when you're doing music, oh, what genre is it? Oh, what style is it? Um Box. Yeah, <laughs> like they describe to me in, you know, in, in in three words your sound. And it's kinda of like yeah. I just kinda of think like Do I have to do that? <laughs> yeah. But then, when I was just Jeez. thinking about a title for this thing, but because yeah. every time we were like, you did a record, yeah, you always get the same questions. Oh, what's the vibe? What's the genre? Blah, blah, et cetera. But then I just remember that quote because I'd read that quote yeah. in previous years. You know, the description is not the described. So the full quote, the full quote is, the description is not the described. I can describe the mountain, but the description is not the mountain. And if you are caught up in, in the description as most people are, then you will never see the mountain. So, yeah. So to me, that's like, you know, in Enter the Dragon, Bruce Lee, he's like, you know, it's like a finger pointed yep. to the moon. Exactly. That's so- I was going to say that, man. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. So the same thing. Yeah. And that's kind of felt. It's not the finger, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I felt that's, that the title reflected, you know, the vibe because there's so many influences, you know, from dying in the record. Yeah. 
and I saw like because it's the easiest thing that's that's easy to do when you learn jazz. The typical thing is you know you get high and mighty thinking it's the most superior music, and then you know a lot of things is like ah oh, it's too simple. I can't just do this. But then you know there's beauty in all music. You know you know jazz is just one thing. You know it's got its thing that you listen to it for. But other genres you might listen to it for the groove. Other genres you might listen to it for the you know songwriting. Mm-hmm. Others you might listen to it because like the band sounds. So there's so many different reasons to why you listen to music and um. And yeah, it's got to a point where I just wanted to marry, you know, what I've learned with what I already know. Yeah. So just, you know, still don't want to forget all the music I've, you know, grew up listening to. Because when you're studying, you're kind of just in a box, you know, this is where you go to get, you know, you got to get, you know, marks, you got to do yeah. these things. Yeah. And so, yeah, but then it's kind of got to the stage where, you know, I feel I've learned what I need to learn and I'm ready to just, you know, say something. So I thought, I didn't want to just, you know, just do like standards gigs, just, you know, just, you know, straight ahead. You know, I didn't, I didn't grow up in, in America. I didn't grow up in New York or New Orleans. So I thought, you know, it's not my song. Yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, you must learn it. You must know, pay respects to it. But I just thought, you know, I wanted to tell my own narrative, you know, just tell my own story. So I thought, yeah, yeah well, let me just, because I spent a lot of time just, you know, just, you know studying the greats, like particular Wayne Shorter, just in terms of writing of, Learned so much from just checking out, yeah, Wayne Short to people like him, Bud Powell, and these kind of people. Just under, yeah. I just understanding the compositions and what they're doing, and just and particularly Wayne Short, that's what I gravitate him a lot. Just I heard so much humanity in his playing and his compositions. Yeah. Just like you know, he's you know, he listen to the compositions, it's a nice melody, but then when you analyze what's going on, you're like, whoa, this is. Mm. This is some clever stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you break it down, yeah. Yeah, when you break it down, it's like, whoa, but it's like, mm. yeah, it's like people like him, people like Stevie Wonder, you know, you, you just hear like a melody, but then when you want to go to the deeper levels, there's a deeper layer there if you want yeah, to explore it's lot, it. It's a lot of layers they put. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of felt that's what I wanted to do with my music, just to have so many layers. And because, you know, it's not just one sign, there's so many different influences in there for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. When people are, like, oh, what what sound is it? Yeah, the description is not described. Next yeah. time someone asks you that, you 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 answer them with a question. You say, "How do you? F- what did you feel listening to it? That's Whatever they feeling, yeah. it's what it's what the style is. Because different <laughs> persons are gonna have a different feeling, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what it is. At the end of the day, people, when you listen to music, you feel something. Mm. And then each person feels a bit different and particularly jazz because it's abstract. Mm. You don't have lyrics, like you said, I mean, you might have, but in this case you don't. So whatever you feel, even you can hear the same piece of music, the same person, but at the different times of your life, you feel different things. Mm. So how can you put that in a box? You can't. No. Yeah. And then that's it, man. Human emotions is always. Exactly. And also just with the title as well, I just thought, it kind of just reflects where we're at in life because mm-hmm. everyone, everyone, everyone wants to be in a box and everyone's like, you know, I'm part of, you know, you know, this club over here or this mm-hmm. sect, this religion, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, this, and it's just like, it's limiting, limiting your, it's limiting. And it's like, you know, people, potential. <laughs> yeah. Unlimited yeah. potential and just, you know, put ourselves in like a box, whatever it is, like, you know, oh, identify this religion or this gender or this. And it's like, <laughs> It's just very limiting to just say, this is all I am. Or, this is why I want to identify with. And it's like, mm. even within, you know, your movements, you know, yep. 
you could be in a people who believe in a, in the same faith. But if you say to them, you draw me a picture of God, <laughs> you know, people will have their own interpretations. So I feel exactly. it's just limiting. Yeah, it's limiting to just put ourselves in these boxes, man. And then yeah, it's just yeah. focusing on the label. I feel when you want to box yourself, you just yeah. focus on the label rather than the, the the person. So like, it's like I always liking it you know smelling something as mm. someone says smell this perfume you know someone or some could like write about a perfume some could write you know you know 10,000 pages giving you the most accurate description of a smell mm-hmm. and you know you know just you know their you know their words transport you to a place where you just imagine you know you're smelling this thing but then it will never ever come anywhere close to actually just you know smelling the essence no so that's kind of how I felt about life you know just yeah, we need to get out of our own of our boxes, you know, rather than just, yeah. you know, boxing ourselves and not boxing other people in, just, you know, experience, you know, just, yeah, the description is not the described, you know, just if you're looking, if you go to the source, then, you know, that's where the beauty is rather than, you know, just someone giving you a description. So I thought totally. it's music. Yeah. So I thought musically, just the more part of sounds, you know, described it very well and just, you know, you know, especially, you know, in the jazz scene, you know, you go like, oh, what is jazz? Oh, this is jazz. This is not jazz. You know? Uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, you're totally right. I mean, I'm gl- I'm really happy that people like you and really, I mean, at the end of the day, I think one of the things about that is because we are obviously social animals when you crave for that connection and that belonging mm. with other people that are like, and the problem is, like the thing with the finger pointing, it's not the fingers, is we focus on the thing that we created that it seems like it, uh, it um, connects all of us. But it's not the thing that connects all of us. It's all of us. Here. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the thing, it's us. Yeah. And the fo- that's, that, 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 that's the thing, you know, because it's obviously ingrained in us in millions of years, whatever, that we exist. And kept us together and safe and all that stuff. But as soon as we drop, I mean, obviously, you know, it's the same as borders with countries and stuff like that. It's, you know, it's, it's all it's all imaginary. You know, it's <laughs> the yeah. same thing, man. The same thing. It's all if you go and going further and further apart, it doesn't exist really. Um, mm. I was, li- I mean, listening to to you, I can hear a couple of ones. Uh, I can hear uh, Brazilian rhythm, three fours. Mm. I can hear um, you know Caribbean a little bit as well. I mean, it's it's again, it's like you can hear different songs. You can hear a different variety of influences in there. So you definitely cannot put say, oh, this is a Brazilian jazz. Oh, this is uh, <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> you can't, you can't. So. Okay, working with um, how was the experience of obviously starting to uh, collaborate for real with of, not for real? Not, it wasn't with fake, but I mean like okay, this is a different level now, more mature, more a bit more experience collaborating with these different artists that you collaborated with, you know, uh, like Solange and and you know all these people. They have have a list in here. I will in in in, in the beginning on in the intro. I I said already. Um, Stormzy, Messi Gray, and so on and so forth, and and mm. participating in all these arenas of of festivals. How how was like the first one or two people? They said, "Damn, okay, this is this is getting hot now." 
Um, yeah, I think um, I think the the Macy Gray was like one of the first ones because I was working with um a big man, so with um saxophone player David Murray, like this mm-hmm. um yeah, great sax player. So it's his big band with Macy Gray. So and again, it's just funny, yeah. Again, networking because that gig it came about through again going to the jams. I used to go down to. There used to be a jam in, in the Docklands when I was coming up and then used to go down to Troy Bar and then um Haggerston and that was why I met um you know Brian Edwards, you know, Musingi Edwards. Mm-hmm. This tenor player, you know, he just you know runs a Haggerston jam. And yeah, I just went up from like 18 onwards, I used to see him at all the jams and you know, he, he's always, you know, just looking out for me and stuff. And then he got that gig and then they were looking for a drummer player. So he messaged me, Ah, oh, can you do this gig? <laughs> 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 me <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah it's just funny just these things just comes through just different things so just networking and just people yeah. knowing you so got that through that and then now it's one of my first you know experiences you know just doing a series of you know you know the legendary jazz festivals you know just you know kind of touring as well mm. then yeah like um then like Kano as well, like came through Tom Skinner, who, who plays drums in Sons of Kemet. Also, you know, now does um the, the smile. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just known him for years, for yeah, from years ago. Just seen you know, seeing people around, you know, the scene, and then you know Kano needed some brass players. He played with my brother, and knew he knew us both. So yeah, it's like caught us with that. There's some of the thing with the Solange thing. She was coming to UK looking for some some players from the area, then. You know, someone I uh, knew some people who knew me, and then you know, just you know, this thing just comes through. The things, but also just being open minded as well. You know, not just yeah. you know sticking to one thing. You know, just that's the thing, man. Yeah. If, so if there's just... one message, if, sorry. I mean, if if there's uh, because I want to to really uh, emphasize this because you know any any obviously this is focused on, on uh, people that love music but independent music but also obviously uh, a lot of independent m- m- artists music artists and one of the things that we must emphasize is although we know that uh, not everyone is an extrovert and all that stuff right but the, one of the key things in i think in all the areas including acting which will go there with you anyway uh mm. but is is you need to network 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 and you put what you've been telling me and what i've been listening is you would go to the jams. You would go almost every week or every week. You would, you would. So basically you would, you would be there. It doesn't matter if that week nothing happened in terms of knowing no one or anything, mm. but you just learn just by watching, like you said. But one day it might, and one day you might get introduced to this and that and the other whilst yeah. you work at home. So it's like a combination of both that prompts. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Because even yeah, even studying uh, conservatoire, just you know, around all the you know, different conservatoires in London, you know, just you know, you've had musicians who you know they, they leave and they, they don't they don't know what to do, they don't know where to go. Exactly. So just having that there, just um, they need to continue to work, man. Yeah, but also, um, not so much just going to the jams, but I feel just going with purpose. That's mm. the thing as well, because you know you can just go to the jam, you know, just want to go and drink, you know, and oh, smile, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Like, yeah, <laughs> you just it's waste time, but I think also just you go with a, yeah, yeah go with a mission. You know, I learned so much from the jams as well as like having a good time. Just yeah, learning how to construct a set. You know, learning you know how to talk on the mic, dressing. Mm. Um, you know, 
you know, you know, kind of ensemble to have, mm. you know, putting on rehearsals, you know, organizing gigs. Like there's so much to be learned from the jams, away from, you know, just like, you know, going on stage and soloing and, you know, just, you know, letting everyone know how great you are. Just There's so many things to be learned from going to the jams. And I felt definitely, as well as networking, I felt just going with purpose is what helped it out as well. So just, you know, wanting to improve. So just going out here and what's being played. And I feel, okay, well, if this was being played, then maybe I should, you know, learn, you know, these kind of things, learn these tunes, you know, just mm-hmm. seeking out people as well. So if, you know, I met, you know, some elder musicians at the gigs and just reaching out to them and be like, oh, can I have a lesson? Or, yeah, can you show me some stuff? You know, just going, yeah, going out of the mission is important as well. So not just, you know, just get out for the sake of it. Yeah, like you said, not just to network, you know, it's part of it. Exactly. So it's just, I feel just, you know, just being curious and interested in what you do is, is the main thing. So the more curious and interested you are in what you're doing, then it gives you more of a sense of purpose. And then if you truly, you know, believe in, in what you're doing in yourself, then, you know, there are things you will just do. So when you're going out, you know, just, you know, paying attention to those, you know, these details that, that I've listed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I believe that so, man. Uh, again, uh, there's a saying is, uh, what is it? Uh, attention is intention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, Obviously, again, it's not like you really, you really love that, and obviously, you put in all the work, extra work, not just oh, by the book, as it were, because he were just by the book, he was just a uh, focusing on the trombone player, who was ever on those, oh, whatever, you know, everything that, but you were beyond. It was just like the world of set, the whole thing, arranging that thing, all those small details. You are mm. really interesting in that. So you just, okay, you're like embedded. It's like you, I think you subconsciously, maybe you're doing that already, seeing yourself in that, oh, in, in that environment, drinking that visually, I suppose. No? Yeah, definitely. Mm. That's the thing I feel as well as good about the jams as well, is just going out, you know, to these jams and gigs. You kind of just, you kind of see all the different characters. Yeah, of course. So, I think as well, just by seeing all the different kind of characters, you can just, it can give you a kind of scope of uh, what you might want for yourself as well. Because rather than kind of just, you know, having no experience and you're just getting overwhelmed with, you know, the nightlife and just, you know, these kind of Mm -hmm. things, we're just going on. You see all the different types of people that go to these things and then you kind of, yeah, it's kind of, well, for me, definitely helped me, give me an an indication of what I I might want for myself because, you know, because you always get the, you know, stigma of musicians like, you know, you can be virtuoso, but then you're most likely going to be crazy or going to be a mess. And, you know, you, but, you know, you see so many different characters. So you can, I feel, there's an indication of how you can navigate these things. You know, just look at, you know, the, you know, you know, the quote unquote good and bad examples, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just looking at, yeah, there's all the different scenarios that exist, the kind of characters that exist and just think, how can I navigate this as well? Yeah. Yeah. So, let's go talk about your uh, acting part. So, because you've been being cast as an extra already, some programs, uh, you know, on TV, uh, Netflix, mm. ITV, uh, Murder on the Homefront, The Hawking, The Crown. Mm. So, obviously, that's part of what you did, and you need what you learned as well in the, in that area. So, 
how and when did that happen? Ah, uh, yeah, man. It's just, just people, you know, got some some work and then they needed some musicians and then you know people knew me and then called me. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's like um. Yeah, it's weird because it wasn't so much, um, you know, conservatory that helped me with that. Like there are elements, you know, the elements of bits of where you know we got to do collaborations and you do, you know, bits of acting or you know the modules where you talk about you know what kind of you know in, in what kind of vibe are you trying to emotion are you trying to put out with this solo composition, you know, that kind of thing. But that stuff was more just, um, you know, they just needed, um, you know, musicians. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it's so like period drama. So they like send you the tracks in advance, so you can get a feel for it, you know, tell you, give you a brief on you know what it's about. So was it like murder on the home front, um, housing, you know, just period dramas. So yeah, you kind of have an idea of what you're getting into, and then when you're on set, this is like you know, this kind of give you like a brief. And obviously, they know you're not you know trained actor, so they don't expect you to just. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, hey guy, kinda... I'm gonna do this on one take, all right? <laughs> yeah, it's like don't don't mess it up. <laughs> exactly, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. um, but yeah, similar thing to the music, just just the networking. It's like there's mm-hmm. this again, mm-hmm. in terms of music, there's so many opportunities. Yeah, as well, away from you know just playing an instrument and just you know being on stage. Like there are other things that come up, so. Yeah, like there was that and what the Dumbo one as well. So, yeah. like a new lady, Kathleen, Kathleen Wallfish, you know, runs an agency. But even before she, you know, her agency became, you know, as big as it is now, you know, she just like, you know, reached out to me. I think like she'd heard my name from somewhere and just reached out, you know, mm-hmm. you know asked if I'd be up for these kind of things. And, you know, you know, I'll just turn up, you know, on time and you just do the job yeah. well and just, you know, kept good, you know, working relationship with her, you know, she called me for things or, you know, occasionally she, you know, call me for opportunities when they come up, so. Exactly. And that's one important uh, factor, which is uh, sometimes, yeah, you, 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 you can have talent, but if you're not like a professional, meaning professional in all sense of the word, meaning getting on time, getting along with people, all that stuff, yeah, you know, you have to. You have to. Those are the basics of creating a good network, solid network. Yeah, yeah, but actually, that was a good thing from conservatoire as well. Not being a guildhall, because before that, you know, I didn't have a need for a diary. Yeah, you know, you know, my time management wasn't as good. So, but you know, because going from sixth form to conservatoire, it's like, yeah, it's like you just have you know your job, your subjects, and homework and all this stuff and then you know going to consultant like the first few weeks I just didn't have a diary so you know you have your timetable I'm thinking I'm gonna remember everything then yeah. like I'm getting messages from other classmates yeah where are you it's like ah <laughs> you know just even that I just had yeah but it's helped me get organized so it's understanding you need to have a yeah. diary and plan your day like I definitely got that from from being there yeah yeah that definitely taught me a lot about organization and then playing on um, ensembles as well. Because um, uh, one of the um, teachers there, Scott Stroman, uh, he was a big help for me, big mentor of mine. That was, um, yeah, he was my introduction to arranging, actually, mm. at Guildhall. 
but just um, with him because a lot of the projects he would um you know run the big band projects yeah and yeah just I got a lot of discipline from those because you know he just wouldn't let me get away with anything like no this is how you play this note this is how you play this dynamic you know just didn't let me <laughs> get away with anything so just yeah. a lot of times like nah just like if you're gonna do the part you know you gotta do it as written or like if I'm giving instructions you know you do it like this or if I'm giving instruction and uh, mark it down yeah so it was definitely yeah the discipline side I, I got a lot from conservatoire mm. it's the balance of both although sometimes you feel like mm, what are you telling me that you know but then you're gonna use it yeah <laughs> <laughs> when you least expect it <laughs> yeah it's funny because it's like you don't think that until much later because like when I when I was there you just think oh man this is there's a lot of things I don't like but then yeah. there's you know yeah. sometimes I've been in real life situations and I've been actually you know no these way. little things I can actually did help <laughs> it's the exactly. things that did help me in the real world yeah there's no such a thing as waste isn't it no nah, it's just how you perceive it really and how you how you act upon it mm. so what's your plans now what's your plans now uh, well near near future uh, talking about Obviously, we are talking from whoever is listening to this outside UK. We are in UK. Things are, you know, people can 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 watch gigs in person finally again and all that mm. stuff. Yeah. Uh, and what what's your, what are your plans uh, in your pipeline? Either either if you have anything, if you were to move a little bit more towards the acting bit, or if you're gonna keep it on your on your music department, as it were. Yeah, definitely in the music department. Like if the, you know, if the actress acting stuff comes up, you know, that's great. But no, I don't yeah. have any have any plans to to cross over fully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, just yeah, definitely continue to write and record more music. I'm not sure when that'll be as of this moment, but definitely mm-hmm. do that. Uh, but I get you know fair work fair amount of work as an arranger as well so yeah doing that as well like I did like a massive arranging project um, early this year with um, as if you know the Outlook Orchestra no okay so yeah it's like a 20 piece ensemble but they do you know like a lot of you know festivals and stuff like they've done you know, projects like David Rodigan you know these kind of people mm, mm, but it was mm. a project where you know someone asked me to orchestrate so I had to orchestrate 100 minutes of music it was like a drum and bass project. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it was like a drum and bass wow. gig with um, mm. you know, with um, you know, Fabio and Groove Rider, you know, two of the you know the jungle drum and bass you know legends in the UK. And yeah, it was it was a sold out performance. So I got to have my arrangers play to a sold out, you know, sort of for a sold out show. You know, amazing. So definitely you know, doing the arranging thing. So doing more of my own and other people asked me to do projects for them. So just that. And then also been getting my bits of theatre work. So I was working with National Theatre recently. We are working with the Royal Shakespeare Company recently. Oh, so nice, yeah, it's bad. It's, fortunately, I've had, I've been able to just do them all. It's been great. And it's been enough time to just fit it all in. So yeah, you, um, you must be doing something right, right? <laughs> yeah, it's great. So, <laughs> so I can't, you know, I can't right, tell you which context you see me in next. You know, they just yeah, 
It's crazy. <laughs> no, it's it's amazing. I mean, I don't want you to give me one answer because then we we'd be inside the box that we don't want to be inside the box. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, uh, obviously, you know, and and again, you I, I guess you learn when you, for example, do with with. Uh, areas that are not related related directly to uh, music, like the Royal Shakespeare Company, theater, or anything, you learn stuff from that as well to your own world. Yeah, definitely. She's mm. she's amazing. Uh, cool, Nat. I mean, it was really nice, really nice chatting with you and learning about more of your world and 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 you as a person a bit as well, because obviously we didn't know each other and. Um, and I could see now uh, how a little bit of insight, and obviously people can hear it as well now, how you uh, got managed to navigate and continuously getting all those, obviously, because if you check a video bio, you're just like name dropping, quote unquote, right? <laughs> but yeah. it's what it is. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's what you've done because you've done what you've done and you've focused yeah. and you've done the, th the thing and you're continuously doing that. And obviously you're very good at it. So that's why you get those opportunities and opportunities they you get them and you create them as well. So it's like uh yeah to dance. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So people can find you uh, um obviously they can hear you on the usual places on Spotify, Apple Podcast and all that. Yeah, um, yeah. And you don't have a website per se, do you? Uh no, not at the moment. Okay, cool. Anyway, I'll drop all the links anyway on uh, where people can find you and and obviously on Instagram as well. I think yep. across. And again, man, thank you very much for your time and for this really cool chat. And well, thanks for having me, Ricardo. I just continue to wish you all the best. And seriously, uh, I have to... When you... Next time you're in London... Well, not you're in London. I beg your pardon. You're, you're from London. I mean, when you next time you're like performing in London, like anywhere, uh, make sure I'll... I'll check you out live. Oh, yeah, thank you, man. I'm sure be sure to let you know as well. Thanks very much, man. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much again for listening to this interview. I hope you really enjoyed it as I did. Um, you can find out all about Nathaniel Cross on social media obviously on uh, Instagram nat underscore e underscore cross if you follow Twitter nat cross t-bone it's a cool handle um, and then obviously if you want to listen to his amazing music and arrangements you can follow him I mean usually I mean first thing is Bandcamp you can download as well Apple Music Spotify iTunes you name it all these amazing uh, places where you can listen to this remarkable musician so thank you very much again have a lovely Monday and stay cool